Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be continuing through the book of Acts, Acts chapter 15 this morning. Acts chapter 15. You know it's said that faithful are the wounds of a friend. But how many of you know that wounds still hurt, especially from a friend? How many of you have had, I'm sure we've all had those people that are closest to us that have caused some of the deepest pains of our lives. You know, I think about it, and you think about the times when you get the most agitated, the times when you get the most stirred up, And I think the reality of the pain you feel is really defined by the depth of the relationship you have, right? I mean, if we're driving down Route 1 and someone cuts us off, we're going to get a little upset. But most of us aren't going to carry a pain, a continued pain. But if it's a friend or a family member who does something that pricks us, that just hurts us, that pain is going to linger for a long time. It's a, it's a deep pain. It's a deep wound that can be done to us by those closest to us. Because you see, it's those closest to us that can hurt us the most. We're going to see that this morning. And I want to talk about dealing with the, the, the pains of this life. And how God wants to move in our lives to to heal these wounds that we all carry because of the relationships in our lives. Acts chapter 15 this morning. Starting in verse 36, reading through the end of the chapter. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but God chose, or but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Often those closest to us that can hurt us the most. We step onto the scene of the story here and the continued story of the book of Acts and we find Paul and Barnabas. And we find them at odds. You know, it might seem to be an odd story. I mean, if there's one thing we see in this story, it's the reality of the humanity of the heroes we look up to. Paul and Barnabas were human. They were impacted by sin, just like you and me. And yet they were used mightily by God. And yet they were human. They, like us, dealt with the relationship pains, the hurts of betrayal, the hurts of of departure, of desertion. They had to work through these issues just like you and just like me. And just like you and me, 
They experience the reality of pain. And what is that reality of pain? The reality of pain is that it's those closest to us that can hurt us the most. We find ourselves now, as Paul is getting ready to set out on his second missionary journey, the, they, uh, Paul and Barnabas concluded their service uh, going on the first missionary journey, and they went back into Antioch, and we believe, scholars believe, they, they spent the winter there in Antioch, and, and now we come into springtime, and it's springtime, and it, the things have begun to thaw, the roads have begun to open up, and travel was becoming uh, open again for for. For, for travel around the Mediterranean world. And so Paul, as he looks and surveys what's going on, says, hey, you know, we can start traveling again, Barnabas. Let's go back and visit the brethren all, in all the churches that we have started. And so Barnabas now is reaching out to uh, his friend who traveled with him back on his first missionary journey. And Barnabas is like, hey, Paul, that's great. Let's do it. Let's, let's, um, uh, let's go back and do it. But hey, let's have John Mark come with us. John Mark, you see, was one of, was their assistant. We see in Acts chapter 13 that they took with them John called Mark as their assistant. And so John, Mark, and Paul, and Barnabas made up this team of people that left Antioch at the very beginning of their first missionary journey and began traveling the Mediterranean world. And, and going about the mission of God. And so you can imagine the depth of relationship that would be experienced by this apostolic man as they were ministering the word of God. I mean, they walked together and traveled together and preached together and, and, and you know, and, 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 and and traveled on foot many times probably, and over land and sea and different things. They traveled the Mediterranean world preaching the gospel. This was not just some acquaintance. These were close friends. These were men who had spent significant amounts of time together. And so now, as Paul is getting ready to go back on his missionary journey, he's faced with a reality. He invites Barnabas back into the ministry. He invites them back to go for round two. It's almost like a reunion tour. How many of you have have those bands from your childhood or whatnot that they got back together? They got the band back together and went on a reunion tour to tour and, and travel once again. And Paul's like, hey, let's go back on a reunion tour. And Barnabas is like, yes, great idea. Let me get Mark. And Barnabas' suggestion that they take Mark along with them reopened a wound in the heart of Paul. See, it's often those closest to us that can cause us the most pain. And what happened on that first missionary journey was that as they were going about the work of God, at some point Mark departed from them and went back home to Jerusalem. And I believe it was about five years, we're looking at a time period of about five years since this all happened. And so, uh, but at, the, at, at this time, as Barnabas is saying, hey, let's bring Mark with us. There's a five-year wound there that Paul goes, hey, I don't want that. Why would I take the one who deserted us? Why would I take the one who backed away from the work? Why would I take the one who left us behind? Paul is still holding on here. He's still expressing the hurt he felt when his friend deserted him in the work of God. Because it's those that are closest to us that often cause us the most pain. And the pain that Paul felt over John Mark 
is now going to bring in and, and cause a wound between, <coughs> between Paul and Barnabas. The team dynamics, the relationships here that they were experiencing on the journey were about to be thwarted by the reality of pain. The reality that in human relationships we experience pain. And those close to us, when they hurt us, they hurt us deeply. The reality of pain. But that brings up, see, the, the, the reality of pain, the reality that we face in this world with the relationships that we are in. We can't deny that reality. But what we can do is choose how we respond. We can't deny the reality of pain. The pain is a reality that we are all going to face. But in the midst of the pain of our human relationships, we have a choice. How are we going to respond? See, I can imagine that in the midst of this story, both Paul and Barnabas had been wounded by the desertion of their friend. They were on a team. They were going together. They were traveling the Mediterranean world. How is it that Mark could leave them behind? How is it that their assistant could just up and leave and and say goodbye to the work of God? How could that happen? And so both individuals here experience the pain of desertion. But notice the difference in how they respond. Notice the difference in how they handle the reality of pain. Because in their response to pain, they had to make a decision. Just as we do. Verse 37. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John who was called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and not gone with them to the work. How do we respond? How do we respond to the reality of relational pain? And I believe here, Barnabas and Paul illustrate for us two human responses that when we experience pain in our human relationships, there are two ways that we can respond. And the first one we see in the character of Barnabas. He responds to the pain of Mark's desertion by extending a hand of welcome. See, Barnabas was ready to welcome him back into the work. Barnabas believed that Mark could be useful to them again. Barnabas had believed that, hey, I know he deserted us. I know he hurt us. I know he left us behind. I I realize that, Paul. But I think as we get ready to go on this reunion tour, I I think we should give him another chance. I I think we should give him another shot. I want to welcome him back onto the team. This was Barnabas' character. This was part of who Barnabas was. This was the character of Christ formed into Barnabas. And in Acts chapter 4, when we first meet Barnabas, we learn that his name actually means the son of encouragement. And biblically, oftentimes, the names in the Bible uh, reveal the character of the person to whom they're given. And so Barnabas means son of encouragement. And this was who Barnabas was. He was the one who would put his arm around the one others wouldn't. When you think about it, in Acts chapter 9, we see that Saul, when he first got saved, Paul, when he first got saved, had difficulty coming into the community of God. He had difficulty uh, coming into the church. They didn't believe it that he was saved. 
I mean, what, at one minute he is killing Christians. He says he claims to have met Jesus on a Damascus road. And all of a sudden he wants to become a member of the church. They don't buy it. They don't get it. But Barnabas. Barnabas is the man who comes around this young believer, the Apostle Paul, who would later become the Apostle Paul and put his arm around him and say, I believe in you. I will stand beside you. I will work with you. We will get you into the church. He's the one that worked and brought Barnabas along in Antioch in Acts chapter 11 and helped him become developed into the ministry that the minister and, and develop the ministry that God had given him. He is the son of encouragement. He who comes alongside those who others might not come alongside. And so it's fitting that in response to the reality of pain, Barnabas would be the one that says, Hey, I am going to extend the hand of welcome where no one else would. The a welcome, the restoring of a relationship. Barnabas extends a hand of welcome, but but see where Barnabas extends a hand of welcome. Paul builds a wall. Paul builds a wall, and isn't this kind of the reality of how we can respond to the reality of pain? We can look at the relationships of our life and look at those who've hurt us and we have a decision to make because on the one hand we can offer forgiveness, we can offer grace, and we can extend the hand of welcome. Come back into my life, come back into a relationship, I forgive you. But on the other hand, and I'm afraid that sometimes this is the all-human tendency of our own hearts, is to say, look, hurt me once, shame on you, right? Hurt me twice. I'm not going to allow myself to go through the pain of desertion again. Why would I do that? Why would I put myself in that place? Paul here is building a wall. He's saying, look, I am done. He had a chance. He had a shot. He came with us. He was in the work. And he left them behind. He left it go. He turned away from what we had committed our lives to do. We had given our lives to preach the gospel. We had given our lives to take this gospel to the known world. But Mark turned back. He deserted us. Why would I want him on my team again? And Paul very well may have had biblical grounds for this. There's a verse in Proverbs that warns, uh, verses in Proverbs that, that warn about trusting the untrustworthy. And putting faith in someone who is proven to be untrustworthy. So Paul probably is standing there and saying, look, wisdom from the word of God tells me, no, I shouldn't be trusting this man. He can't be trusted. His character has proven deficient and I shouldn't allow him back on the team. Nope. I'm building a wall. Paul builds a wall. When faced with the reality of pain, the response to pain is a choice. It's a choice between a welcome or a wall. How do we respond? How do we respond to those who've hurt us the most? Because it's those who are closest to us who bring us the most pain. And in the response to the reality of that pain, we have a decision. Are we going to extend a hand of welcome? Or are we going to build a wall? Are we going to build a wall of self-protection? Or are we going to express the grace of Jesus to bring restoration to the relationship? And these two can't coexist. Look at what happens here. Um... 
Verse 39, then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. Listen, welcome and walls, they, they can't coexist. It's impossible to offer a gracious welcome while at the same time building a wall. And that's the reality of what's going on here. Paul and Barnabas have a discussion that is so sharp, that is so heated, that is so um, so different. They're so divided on this that they end up actually parting waves. The word there where it talks about the 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 uh, the contention became so sharp. It's a word that is used to describe the sharpening of a tool or the sharpening of a knife. It's used in both neg- negative and positive ways. It also means to, to be an incitement, to incite something, to stir up passion. And it's used in a positive sense in the book of Hebrews to stir up passion within you. But here we see in a negative sense that this was a, this was no, um, cool and calm debate. No, this was a heated discussion. It was a sharp discussion. It was a sparks flying discussion between two friends who couldn't come together over what to do with the reality of pain. See, Mark had had divided them. He had deserted them. He had left them behind. And now, at the same time, you have someone saying, let's welcome him, and someone who built a wall. And in the midst of that, the welcome and the wall are grinding together and sparks are flying. Because a welcome and a wall can't dwell together. They can't work together. The same is true in our lives. I'm sure there are many times that we've felt the, the reality, Right? And maybe this is a reality that Barnabas would have felt. Can you imagine the, 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 the tension there that is expressed physically between Paul and Barnabas was probably being experienced spiritually within their hearts? Isn't there a grinding sometimes? You go to express the welcome. You go to talk to that person. You go to reach out the hand of welcome. And there is your physically saying, come back into my life there. There's a grinding on the inside going, don't do this. They hurt you. Don't talk to, don't, why are you doing this? And the welcome and the wall are butting heads even within the hearts of us. As we're warring against the human tendency of our heart to build a wall of self-protection. Instead of extending the warm welcome that we know the grace of Jesus would ask of us. The contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. Can you imagine close friends, partners in the ministry, leaving behind the work that God had called them to do together? I mean, it was the Spirit in Acts 13 that said, separate from me Barnabas and Paul or Saul to the work to which I have called them. It was a work that God had called them to do uh, court together. It was to them. It wasn't an individual, just an individual thing. It was set apart for me, two men to do the work to which I have called them. And here we see the reality that relational pain threatened and actually, uh, it actually divided the work that God had wanted them to do. The contention became so sharp, they parted from one another. Barnabas extends a hand of welcome. Paul builds a wall. But here's the reality. Here's the beautiful thing. And this, I believe, is what God wants us to see this morning in this text. God works beyond the walls. God works beyond the walls. Verse 
39. Then the contention became so sharp, uh, they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Here's the beautiful truth that we see in this text this morning. God works beyond the walls. God works beyond the walls. Your walls can't stop God's work. Your walls can't stop God's work. I'm here to say this morning that if you have experienced the reality of pain and you have responded by building a wall, don't think that stops the work of God in you or the work of God through you because we serve a God who works beyond the walls. Here's Paul building a wall in a broken relationship with Barnabas and Mark and yet God is still working through him because we serve a God who works beyond the walls. He's the God who extends his kingdom through broken people like you and me. Like the Apostle Paul. Even in the building of a wall where there should have been grace, there's grace to continue in the work. God works beyond the walls. Notice notice the multiplication of the work of God. What could have threatened and thwarted the work of God actually became a source to extend the work of God now. Instead of having one missionary journey, there was two. Barnabas took Mark and they sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and they departed, going to Syria and Cilicia. Where there was one missionary journey, there was now two. Where there were once two missionaries on this second journey, there were now four. There's multiplication even in the midst of pain. Isn't that the God we serve? The God who works beyond the walls. The God who works in the hearts of men and women who are fallen and broken just like us, who make mistakes just like us. Notice that God uses the, God uses the apostle Paul who built a wall, but God, look at God using Mark. The God, God using the man who had once deserted the work, he didn't give up on him. Mark and Barnabas sailed and set out for the work of God too. He wasn't done with Mark yet either. Paul, He wasn't done with Paul. He wasn't done with Mark. He wasn't done with Barnabas. In the midst of the pain, we see that the purpose of God continues and God is still using them. Further, what was supposed to be merely a return visit to strengthen the churches they had already planted actually became a source of multiplication. Paul and Silas set out here for Syria and Cilicia, but a few verses later, we're going to find that God's going to show up to them and speak to them in the night and give them a vision. And they're actually going to branch out and go into Europe, into pioneer evangelism. And they're going to take territory in Macedonia and over in Europe. And they're going to extend the gospel and pioneer some new churches. And it all happens, it all happens because we serve a God who works beyond the walls. A God who works in spite of and in in spite of the walls that our human heart wants us to build in response to the reality of pain. God still does a work through you beyond the walls. If you're here this morning, maybe you say, Pastor Jake, I got some walls. I've been hurt. I'm here to say this morning, God isn't done doing a work through you. Don't think that disqualifies you from being used of God. 
Because God actually uses Paul and Barnabas and this whole, what we might see as a mess, God actually uses to, to divide and extend his kingdom because God works beyond the walls. But God works beyond the walls not only through Paul and Mark and Barnabas, but God works beyond the walls to do a work in Paul and Mark and Barnabas. See, if we were to leave the end of the story here in Acts 15, we might get the idea that this ended this way, that we would uh, forever see this division uh, sealed forever in the canon of Scripture. But thank God we have the writings of the Apostle Paul and we know that God wasn't done with Paul. No, God wasn't done working through Paul, but neither was God done working in Paul. Because God not only wants to work through you, beyond the walls. But God wants to work in you to tear down the walls. God wants to work in you to tear down the walls. Three times later in the epistles, we find that Paul actually writes of Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. And interesting, Barnabas and Mark were actually cousins. So not only were they... Uh, not only was there a, a companionship just merely in their ministry, but there was actually a family relationship between Mark and Barnabas there as well. And Paul will go on in his epistles to write positively of both Barnabas and Mark. But I think there's one verse that, that's really telling of, of the work of God beyond the walls to restore and break down the walls that had been built in the heart of the Apostle Paul. The passage we read occurred pro- roughly around uh, A.D. 51. And about 15 to fifteen or so years later, we find in A.D. 66 that Paul writes another letter and he writes to his friend uh, Timothy. And he writes a letter where he again is going to mention Mark. And and I want you to see the the full circle work of God beyond the walls. Look at it here. Verse 11. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Only Luke is with me. Now listen to this. Get Mark and bring him with you. For he is useful to me in the ministry. Get Mark. Bring him with you. For he is useful to me for ministry. God broke down the walls. God broke the walls down. God brought restoration. God healed the wounds. God restored the relationship that that was threatened. God brought restoration to the relationship between Paul and Mark. To where here we find Paul at the end of his life getting ready to end his race. It's perhaps one of his last epistles. And what do we find in the last chapter of one of Paul's last epistles? We hear the heart cry of a man who says, I want my friend. 
I want my friend Mark, for he is useful to me in the ministry. What do you mean, Paul? I thought you built a wall because he had deserted you in the ministry. No, 15 years time and God had worked beyond the walls to break down the walls and restore a relationship between brothers in Christ. God works beyond the walls. And you may be standing here this morning and you think of the walls that are built in your heart. I'm here to say God works through you. You, He's not done with you, but don't despise this either. God is at work in you. He wants to tear down those walls, those people that bring you, dis- uh, that you despise, that hurt you, the, the wounds. God wants to heal them so that he can restore them, so that you can be back together with them again. God works beyond the walls. Listen to Philemon 23. Paphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, greets you as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow laborers. God works beyond the walls. God works beyond the walls. Colossians chapter 4. Four ten, Colossians chapter four, verse ten. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Look at that. Can't tell me God didn't work beyond the walls. God worked beyond the walls to bring restoration and reconciliation. God worked beyond the walls. Work in and through the brokenness that we see in this passage to extend his kingdom. God did a work beyond the walls. He did a work through Barnabas and Mark and Paul and Silas. He multiplied his work in the midst of a mess. Isn't that incredible? Even our mistakes can be used by God. When we place our mistakes in the hand of God, He can break them and multiply them and actually do more with them than our holiness at times. God can take our mistakes and do more with them than sometimes He can even in our holiness. Because God works beyond the walls. And God works... Beyond the walls, tearing them down and restoring the relationship. It's amazing. It's the grace of God. So as we close this morning, I just want us to pray. If I could have every head, every head bowed and every eye closed, Diane, if you'd come and play quietly at the piano. Oh, Father God, I just asked this morning, is there anyone here who'd say, Pastor Jake, I need God to work beyond the walls. I've got some hurt. I've got some pain. There's some stuff in my life. There's some relationships in my heart that bring me pain. And I need God to work beyond the walls. If that's you, would you lift your hands so I can pray for you? Yes, I see those hands. Amen. 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 
like to invite you to come forward here into the altar area and pray, if you would. I'd like to pray for you. To pray for God to work beyond the walls. As Diane plays, if you'd come, I'd like to pray that God will do a work in your heart, that God will heal, that God will mend. See, see, God is the God who works beyond the walls. He's, he's the God who restores. He's the God who tears them down. And I believe that in the name of Jesus, walls are going to fall today. Letters are going to be written. Phone calls are going to be made. There are going to be some restoration in relationships because God works beyond the walls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's seek the Lord this morning, church. Let's seek the Lord for the God who works beyond the walls. Amen. Hallelujah.